0: Before we get rolling into today's podcast, I want to tell you about our awesome sponsors that uh, keep this thing free for you guys. So first we have duckseason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N dot com. Uh, Go on there, check it out. Uh, You can get signed up for uh, Traded Hunts, where you put in your location, the kind of birds you're after, you know, the type of things that you do and uh, you can search around on there, see other people, their areas, what they go after, and you can talk with each other and get linked up and trade hunts with each other. So rather than hiring an outfitter or a guide, if you're on a budget or kind of want to do a little bit of a DIY thing, you can get linked up with some people, go hunt in their area, they can out and hunt in your area. It's a really cool thing. Also on there, there's some forums, you know, duck hunting, waterfowl hunting in general, different tips and advice, things like that. And they also have a lot of merchandise really cool stuff and in their merchandise they have the salty foul line of clothing where 100 percent of the profits from that go to uh, eider research out there on the coast so really cool cause go check it out go buy some stuff get on some trade hunts you definitely won't regret it next we have steady wing outfitters that's mikey soberano he's up there in northeast kansas and he uh, specializes in waterfowl turkey and deer you can check him out on Instagram at Outfitters, uh, And if you want to book a hunt, you can give him a call. His number is 785-410-2304. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. They're over there in North Dakota. They're making a bunch of awesome hunting and fishing content. It's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places. Go check them out for some high-quality stuff. They also have a website with some merchandise and other things on it. Uh, the website is 701pursuit.com. That's the numbers, 701pursuit.com. So check them out. All the places that you have social media, they're on there somewhere. Next we have Bulldog Baits. It's over there in western Oklahoma. Uh, they're making crankbaits, jigs, soft plastic, spoons, jig heads, sinkers, anything you need for fishing, they've got it. So you can check them out on uh, Instagram. It's bulldog underscore baits. And if you want to go on their website to order some stuff, it's bulldog-baits.square.site. So, if you're needing anything, definitely, definitely go check them out. Also, on the same note, we have Stump Thumper Baits. Their website is stumpthumperbaits.com. They also have soft plastics, jigs, all that type of stuff. Want to check them out, too. On Instagram, their handle is at stumpthumperbaits. They're also Facebook, anywhere else. Now we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service. He's over in the San Antonio area. Uh, He's hunting ducks, geese, anything waterfowl you guys want to get on over there down in Texas. You can give him a call at 361-494-7868. You can also find him on Facebook. Uh, His name is just Waylon Johnson. See what he's been up to. Check out the cool birds down there. All that good stuff. And lastly, we have my dog training business up here in Northeast Montana. Uh, I specialize in retrievers, but I train all sorts, basic obedience, force fetch, waterfowl upland, anything you're looking to get done with your dog, I can help you out with. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all the normal places. It's H-I-L-I-N-E, Retrievers. And then if you're looking for some advice or looking to uh, get set up with some training, give me a call. My number is 406 8 7083. Thanks a lot. Thanks to our sponsors. Go check them all out and enjoy the show.
1: Well, a Cubby took Shotguns singing.
0: A pointing dog down in the old logging road. And Danny got three and looked back grinning.
1: I fumbled around and I tried to read.
2: All right, welcome to the Woods and Water Podcast. This is Garrett. Today I have Billy Barnett on. He's down in Kentucky and he is a turkey killing son of a gun. Um, He's also got a podcast he's going to tell us about that's based on turkey hunting. So I guess, Billy, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Okay, yep. My name's Billy Barnett. Uh, I'm here about central Kentucky and uh, just a turkey hunter, extremist, I guess you would say. Um, I appreciate you having me on your show, Uh, um, but yeah, I I just, uh, I don't know, I'm just uh, turkey hunting, I've I've dabbled in deer hunting and duck hunting and all that other stuff, but turkey hunting is pretty much what I look forward to every single year, And ever since I started turkey hunting, you know, it's been the same passion every spring when it comes around, so um, yeah, it's something that's really hooked me.
2: So when did you, when did you start out like as a little pipsqueak or you're older in school and stuff?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Um, I actually started deer hunting first and squirrel hunting. My dad took me out, you know, when I was probably nine, 10 years old, big enough to pack a gun and then, um, kind of graduated into the deer, hunted them for a while. And then, uh, the turkeys came along. I was probably about 14 when I started 15 and, uh, Took me a few years before I actually killed one, but I was in the learning process, I guess, for the first few years. And uh, in uh, 97 was the year that I killed my first bird. And uh, ever since then, I I actually shot at one probably in about 96 and missed. And uh, man, ever since then, I've been on fire. I mean, it's just like, it, it got me, you know, and I, I couldn't wait to go back again, and try it again, you know, just the cat and mouse, you know part of it you know i love going out and you learn something every time you get out there and chase them so uh you know just because you didn't kill one you know you'd still learn something so that's a pretty cool aspect of it and i mostly uh just watched videos and stuff like that and uh trying to learn everything i could you know that's kind of back before the internet and youtube and all that stuff so it's trying to learn on my own i would talk to older people guys that turkey hunted and pick up tips from them and stuff and just learn wherever i could and i had some buddies that i hunted with too and we'd talk you know back and forth with each other and well you know we'd talk about different scenarios and what worked what didn't um you know it, it was a definitely a, a big learning uh, curve to kill a turkey i mean it's it was, it was pretty, it was, and I guess that's what hooked me on it. You know, it's pretty fun. Um, so,
2: yeah. So, when you started out, did they, uh, just set you out there with a box call and shotgun and say, go at her or what? Pretty much.
1: <laughs> um, I went to my uncle, actually took me and, uh, he had a farm. And this was before I was even driving. So, um, it was the first year that the season actually came in on that side of my county and uh if i knew half of what i was doing i would have killed one i mean they were gobbling everywhere um you know every finger had a turkey goblin on it and you know it's uh we, me and my cousins went out we tried it we hunted together a little bit and then uh, i kind of got into hunting on my own you know and i would stay out all day and i i, I to i guess Probably, uh, I enjoy hunting alone. Probably as much as anything, uh, I do enjoy it with my friends. But there's something about being out there just one on one with that bird, and um, you know, it's a lot of times when I get with somebody, I start second guessing and asking them, "Well, what do you want to do?" And usually, it, it's not the right move. You know, you start getting into those questions with each other. So, uh, so I, I kind of think it's kind of a one on one sport you know for me i enjoy that part of it so.
2: yeah that makes sense yeah from well i guess the people on the show here already know this but i kind of didn't see him quite like that before i tried hunting them i just thought that they were a bird that flipped over cow shit and ate bugs out of it <laughs> yeah. brain the size of a pea and then yeah it's actually kind of like a count cat and mouse like you said like a chess match when you're actually out there trying to get them it's actually really tough and yeah, it's cool. I'm. It's definitely not just a one-year thing for me now. I'm going to be doing it next year for sure. Try it out again. But, uh, well, so John mentioned that you have shot turkeys in 48 or 49 states now or something like that. Yep, that's uh, 49 states. They
1: call it a U.S. Super Slam. Um, it's just Alaska is the only state that doesn't have a turkey season, so – um, so yeah, every state, uh, traveled to it, bought license and
2: hunted turkeys and was able to harvest one. So how'd that get started? Did you just kind of start checking off states and realize you've already got a couple done? So you go for it or was it a goal from beginning or what?
1: Um, well, I actually started off, um, you know, the same buddies I was talking to you about that I started turkey hunting with, you know, we always watch these videos of hunting Merriams and stuff like we were, I mean, you were talking about earlier. Um, you know going out to these other states and we'd watch these guys on tv you know shooting all these different subspecies and stuff we always talked about going to do a grand slam which is uh, four subspecies in the u.s and um, we never did get to go we never you know we all never could get together on it to make a planet trip so um, the only you know so we always hunted at home here in kentucky we'd hunt and. Kill two birds here and we were done for the year well then we finally started getting out and venturing out a little bit we went to Alabama one year and uh hunted there but that was about the extent of the traveling part of it and it was 2016 I, I pretty much just made my mind up. Uh, you know I, I want to go after this grand slam I want to see what's about and try it you know and I want to go to Florida and get the Osceola to want to hunt different subspecies so um I asked my buddies, you know, they couldn't go or, you know, everybody's got kids now and, you know, it's kind of hectic. But uh, I made my mind up. I was going to go no matter what if I had to go by myself. And uh, ended up, I actually met a guy on a hunting forum and he'd already killed his Rio, his Eastern and Merriam's. And all he needed was his Osteola. And we just started talking and I said, man, I'm looking for somebody, you know, I'm going to go down here. I found a place if you want to go with me. He was he was actually from Kentucky too. I said, "Come on over," and I we'd never met in our life. We talked on this forum for probably a year, but never met. And uh, he came over, and we loaded up my truck and took off to Florida, man, and uh, got down there. And we both got our first Osceola. He killed his and completed his first Grand Slam, and then uh, I was able to get mine. And man, after that, I mean, it was like the fire was under me. This was the first part of March, you know. And there was a lot of turkey season left that year. So I was like, well, I want to go after, I want to go out west and try to get one of these Rios and Merriam's and stuff. And uh, actually, that first year, uh, I went to Florida first. As soon as I came back that week, I was so fired up. I said, man, I got to find somewhere to hunt next weekend. So Alabama was coming in the next weekend. So I actually drove back down there and I was able to get a bird there, uh, came back home, hunted Tennessee uh hunting kentucky of course and then i planned to to go to kansas uh south dakota and nebraska and uh, try to get a grand slam went to kansas and there was turkeys everywhere i mean i just you know got one i actually killed two the first day and uh, then took off and went on out west and uh, you know everybody told me this like nebraska is gonna be you don't have to worry about hunting in nebraska I went there and could not kill a bird. That was the only state I didn't kill one in that year and um, ended up killing. I went to the Black Hills in South Dakota uh, around Mount Rushmore and stuff and was ended up getting my Merriam's there to complete my Grand Slam. And I'd never been west of like Missouri in my life, you know, and never seen any of that country. We went through the bad lanes, you know, my dad drove it or. He rode out there with me on that trip. He wasn't hunting, but just along for the ride and helped to drive and stuff. And uh, man, once I seen all that country out there, as soon as I got home from that trip, I said, I'm going back next year. I've got to do this again. And I just started planning and new states, new places and kind of you know, I did register all my birds through the National Wild Turkey Federation to do my Grand Slam. And I was on there just looking around, you know, I got my certificate back from them and got my pen and stuff like that. Seen my name registered on their online list. And um, I, I kind of just got interested in the other slams. And I looked at the U.S. Slam list and I thought, man, that is unbelievable. Those guys have done something like this. So I, I, I honestly, I didn't ever think that I could do something, you know, do it. I, I didn't even, Didn't seem like it was possible to even try something like that, but in 2017 I took off. I thought, well, I'm gonna add another state or two and just keep traveling around. And I picked up. uh, Let's see, I got six states in 2016. I ended up getting seven states, new states in 2017, and I kind of, I kind of started thinking, well, maybe I could do this. And the more states that I picked up and crossed off my map the more I believed I could do it. And, uh, man, I had a lot of good luck. I mean, uh, 2018, I killed 14 new States that just that year. So it really boosted me. And I, from there on, man, I just, I felt like it was getting easier to, you know, in a way, you know, I was kind of learning the way to travel, uh, how to sleep out of my truck, you know, kind of what you needed to look for when you were going somewhere, um, what I need to take with me, all that kind of stuff, and uh, you start networking too. You know, once you start going, uh, that's that's probably one of my favorite things about doing this, is you meet so many people. Uh, you see cool places, but you meet a lot of people. And uh, whether it's somebody just riding down the road and you see some turkeys out in the field, you knock on the door and ask permission, or you know, running somebody at a gas station in camo or whatever it is. Um, Man, you start networking and it next thing you know, people are saying, well, you know, you tell them what you're doing and they're like, well, if you need such and such state, let me know. Here's my number. I, I can point you in the right direction, you know, or whatever. So it, the, actually, the farther I got along, it seemed like it got easier and easier for the most part as far as finding places and just becoming more accustomed to what, you know, what I was doing. But um, and I would learn from mistakes along the way. You know, uh, the first year I took it, you know, I thought well, I need to take a tent and camp out. And w- that was fine, I, I I don't mind tent camping, but sometimes you would drift away from your camp. You know, that, that was a mistake I had. You'd be, at the end of the day, you might be an hour from your camp where you end up that day. So then you gotta drive all the way back. And the last day, you know, you gotta go back and camp, pick up your tent and all that stuff. So, I, I kind of learned from that and started sleeping into my truck. And that I put a camper top on it and um, just be mobile wherever you end up that day. I mean, you're, you got all your stuff with you. You're good to go for the next day. So, um, so yeah, I kind of just, the, it, it led from the grand slam and then just build up from that and uh, just kept going to finally finishing all of them.
2: So, so you started in 2016, sort of doing it, checking off that way. And then yeah. you ended just this year. You got your last one this year.
1: Uh, actually, I finished last year, 2022. I had uh, Nevada; that was my last state, and uh, that was the only one I needed last year. So, I went there and finished, checked that one off, and completed
2: it. How did it but, feel when you got done? When you got that last one?
1: I, man, there's a lot of mixed emotions. Um, I was so excited. In one way, I, you know, COVID came along in 20. And it really threw my traveling out of whack. I mean, I was on fire rolling good. And then all of a sudden that came along and, uh, it just kinked everything up, you know, work wouldn't let me travel out the state. And I pretty well, much it, threw it in the town off
2: big in the springtime too. Right. When you'd have been going out. So really, we were actually,
1: yeah, we were in Hawaii in 2020 in March, uh, the first of March. And while we were on the when we were on the plane coming back, I mean that's when I first saw somebody wearing a mask, and uh, you know that's when all the everybody was talking about. You know, there's actually a cruise ship right there off the right off the coast there where we were staying at in Hawaii, and I believe it was one of those that was uh, quarantined.
2: You know, yeah, they're stuck because it sat there, there for. Come in.
1: Yeah, we were we were on the eastern eastern side of Hawaii uh, near Kona, and there was a cruise ship that pulled up out there and never moved for like two days. And so I felt like maybe that, and you know, the lights were on, you could see people on it and all that. So it didn't look normal to me, but, uh, I, I feel like it was one of those that might've came down from Seattle and came down and was quarantined out there. But, um, so that really threw a kink in everything, but, um, uh, it's, and then that kind of actually snowballed from there too i you know i had some license and stuff that i purchased in 20 and i pretty much lost my money on them you know i'd already bought them and wanted to give me my you know refunds or anything and it just uh kept going from there until i finished it you know i felt like i was playing catch-up but um so i was in a way i was to answer your question i was kind of relieved that i got it finished um you know i my biggest fear was i got this close and i'm not you know what if something happened to me and i didn't finish this thing you know i was on 40 48 states and you know something god forbid something happened to me and i didn't finish it you know it would it would haunt me for
2: my soul you know yeah so
0: what was the but, uh, uh, what was the hardest state
1: Um, uh, i always say mississippi um I've still yet to hear a bird gobble in Mississippi. Uh, I made a couple trips there. Uh, the first first trip I made, I hunted three days, a three day weekend, and uh, I think I heard. You know, I, I think I saw one Jake, and you can't shoot jakes in Mississippi, I, which I don't anyway. They're not them. Um, not don't try to. But uh, people everywhere hunting. It was pretty pretty rough and uh then i came back a second trip i actually went to arkansas and hunted there and then came back to mississippi on the way back through and tried it again and uh was
2: able to get a bird then Hmm. so it was the easiest state then i'm sure there was one where you pretty much showed up got out of the pickup and whacked one went to the next state
1: yeah other than uh, my home state here in kentucky um you know, everybody said Louisiana. I, that was what I always heard about, was Louisiana was going to be a tough state. It's really hard. And I just did some scouting on the maps and stuff like that before I got there. And I rolled in to a National Force there. And I got there about midnight. And I, I worked all day. I worked, and then I took off from work and drove down there. Slept in my truck and just found a place to pull over. And I i'd seen a logging road that kind of went out and there wasn't any other roads behind it or anything i thought well that'd be a good place to start kind of got up on a high point and i got back there i walked about a half a mile back in there and as soon as it got daylight i heard one start gobbling and i mean he was like 200 yards from me and i i couldn't even believe it you know i was like wow you know because this was the dreaded louisiana state you know there's where there's no turkeys and it's tough pressure and I went over and set up and started calling to him, and then he flew down and came right to me. And I mean, I hunted like thirty minutes, and <laughs> I had Louisiana. I was like, "Wow!" You know, <laughs> I was just I was blown away by that, and, but very relieved to get that one out of the way.
2: So, so everyone says that Easterns are the toughest to hunt. After being all over, do you think that's still true, or would you say some other ones? Too?
1: Um, you know, uh, that's what everybody says and I, I do agree they are tough um but i've seen some tough i've had tough birds everywhere i've gone before you know some of them are easy and some of them are hard i mean i don't know if it matters about subspecies any given day they can be tough i mean um so i don't want to you know i don't want to just say the easterns are absolutely the hardest but you know like the marions, man when they when they come down out of the tree i was hunting in arizona And I remember those days. I I sat right under some one morning and they hit the ground and man, they took off and traveled. And I mean, they took off. I was running behind them, literally trying to keep up with them to find out which way they were going and where they were going and could not keep up. And they went out of sight or out of earshot, just gobbling and had to be running and uh, never seen them again until the afternoon. They came back to roost i don't know how far they went but so it's pretty tough pretty tough kill one like that when they hit the ground running you know and go out two or three miles away or whatever they go
2: yeah well obviously we have the merriam's here and that's what i noticed those things too if they're moving and they've got direction they're going you're better off trying to find a road and coming in like all the way around them and coming in because if you try to get ahead of them on foot it's impossible they can climb those hills around here like it's nothing (laughs) i thought i was in decent shape from all the running i've been doing and no, those things kick my butt so
1: yeah i I went back to arizona last year and the same place i hunted uh, the first time and went after some and i'm telling you there was a cliff there and real steep there's a cliff line and then there was a real steep bank and they started headed towards that and i was standing in the brush kind of staying with them you know and all of a sudden i couldn't hear them anymore and i thought man where'd they go to well all they did i was like i don't have anything to lose i went on up to the cliff line and them dudes i could look way down in there i mean it looked like a mile away this was a matter of like 10 minutes and i looked down in there i could see them in a little meadow down on the very bottom i mean i almost believe they had to fly off that cliff or off that hillside I don't know if they could have ran down there that far or that fast, but every one of them was all the way down in the bottom, at least probably three quarters of a mile away, I guess. And uh, yeah, <laughs> then they kind of put the brakes on and held up down there. And I went down there after them and ended up getting one, but you know, when they're moving,
2: they don't let up. So, well, we, I guess, so I'm very, very new to this. So I don't know if this is odd behavior or not, but kind of figured that it is based on what I've heard, but, we saw some, when I shot mine, the weekend I shot mine, me and my son were out, and um, so we're in the break, so it's just like deep gullies and stuff, and there's it's just a lot of like juniper and stuff like that, and we got up behind some, and they didn't know we were there, they were just kind of feeding around and strutting and doing their thing, and then they got, like you said, kind of like up to a cliff, like we were way up here on this hill, and they all just took off flying, soared all the way down, and we ran up and watched them, and they went all the way across like, it's a great big wide draw, great big wide bottom. Flew all the way across it to the next one. They hung out over there on that one for like five minutes, and that one was a little bit lower. And then they took off flying again to the next one, those next one lower. And, I mean, they'd got like a mile away from us just like that, just by gliding, so. Oh, yeah. There, there ain't much you can yeah. do about that.
1: Yeah, so, like, in that aspect, that makes them pretty tough. Now, in eastern, where I live at here, um, most of the time, you know, they've got a pattern they usually do every day. Um, they'll fly down. They usually, you know, they're up on ridges or fingers here, and they'll hang out on those and gobble in the morning. So they don't move deer as much as like a Merriam's. And um, so in that aspect, I think it's a little bit easier. Um, but, man, they're wary birds. I mean, you know, they're, a lot of times they won't come to you, and they don't gobble a lot either. So, uh, you know, they all got their... Uh, defenses i guess you would say uh, weaknesses and stuff that make them easier or harder so uh, any any of them man they can (laughs) they can really uh, put a number on you at any time so
2: yeah Um, i guess you obviously covered a couple states doing this what what was your favorite one what do you think was the coolest state to be hunting them in
1: um probably the probably hawaii um you know you were hunting up on a volcano um you know and that's kind of a hard question to answer because man there's so many different environments that i would never hunted turkeys in um, and it was kind of cool to see all the different uh, places and terrain and stuff you know um but hawaii hunting on a volcano it was totally different than anything i'd ever done in my life turkey hunting and, uh, you know, all the birds and wildlife there, beautiful place. What subspecies do they favorite. have there? <clears throat> uh, they have rios there, and I was hunting on the big island of Hawaii, and
2: I was up on uh, Mauna Kea. That's the volcano that you hunted on. But, so did you kind of, like, group that in as a family vacation type of deal, or did you just go specifically for turkey? <laughs> no, it was only for turkey,
1: but um, I – I, I'll tell you what, I, I actually, when I started this, you know, I told my wife, I said, I was trying to convince her, you know, to be patient with me on this, you know, and get a little, she knew about turkey hunt, I told her that before we got married, but um, not to this aspect, not like chasing states everywhere, but um, I did tell her, I said, now they do have turkeys in Hawaii, I said, now if you'll be patient with me, we'll take her, you know, I was going to make Hawaii my last state, and I said, We'll we'll all go to Hawaii, you know, and I'll take you there and we'll have a vacation there. And she's like, absolutely. She said, take off and go get them. So I kind of tricked her a little bit, but she still got her Hawaii trip. And, uh, but I did quite a bit of turkey (laughs) while I was there. So, So,
2: um, well, that was your favorite.
1: So so that's a good tip. If If any guys are wanting to go do the U.S. Slam, just all you have to do is tell your wife you're going to go hunt in hawaii and make hawaii and make the her. last
2: one like the big <laughs> big fries at the end
1: that's the carrot you can dangle the carrot in front of them so
2: what do you do with all these birds that you got
1: um as far as uh like the spurs and all that well, stuff Well, that
2: stuff and then like do you just got like a freezer full of turkey or what or do you eat them pretty quick <laughs> yeah
1: Yeah, um, you know I share a lot of them with my friends and stuff. Um, In Hawaii, I actually uh, uh, there was a guy over there. He was on the side of the road selling coconuts and pineapples, and we pulled in and um, I, you know, it's a it's a long flight back, and I I thought I'm just going to see if somebody will take them, and you know, I I killed several that year, and what we had plenty for ourselves. So I talked to a guy there on the side of the road at one of those uh, roadside stands and asked him, I said, you know, would you like any turkey meat? He said, oh, I love wild turkey. And he said, absolutely. Well, I gave it to him and he was tickled to death. And uh, he said, hang on just a minute. And he actually, he cut us up pineapples and coconuts and man, he he traded out and it was awesome. I mean, some of the best pineapple I've ever had in my life. And uh, so that was in 2020 when I found this guy. Well, we actually had so much fun. We went back in 2021, and I, you know, my wife was like, "If you get a turkey, we need to go. See, we need to go see if that guy's still here." And sure enough, uh, we went back, and the, the same guy was in the same spot, and he he remembered me, and he we swapped out. I gave him a turkey uh, some turkey meat, and he uh, cut us up some pineapples and stuff. So uh, that's
2: pretty cool. That's real cool. All right, now you got to be ready now. You're going to make somebody mad in one state because I got Uh-oh. listeners in every state. What was your least favorite state to haunt them in? Um, Man, Mississippi, it has to... Just it, because it was so hard? Like
1: a, well, like I said, I've never heard a turkey gobble there. I mean, as far as... I don't know, I, that, that's what I chase. You know, I like the gobble. That's... That's what makes me turkey hunt is hearing birds gobbling. And without that gobble, man, it makes it so hard. And, um, you know, you don't even have a place to start if you ride at daylight and you never hear one. So, you know, I had I, I did enjoy it. But, you know, without the gobble there, it kind of took it away from
2: me for a little bit. Okay. But, uh, well, there you go, Mississippi. You heard it here first. Billy hates your state. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't say that.
2: <laughs> so I guess you said that there's like a, the registry, the list or whatever for people that have done it. Is it a very small number of you guys that have done all 49 states? Um, the list is growing pretty quick. Um, I know
1: of like three or four guys that actually finished this year. Um, I think there was three or four last year that finished the same year I finished. Uh, not everybody registers all their birds you know that's just what the nwtf does um it's you know i, I that's why i started out i just thought it was a cool thing to do and that's why i did it you know there's you don't have to do it to actually count for a grand slam or u.s slam but um so i i to, i don't know exactly how many are on the list now or how many have actually completed it because uh, i know there's several people that have done it that are not listed. So I would say it's probably, uh, just a wild guess. I'm going to say 30 people or less, I would say. So,
2: You're definitely in a minority then. Holy cow. I, was, <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's yeah, like 200 or three of us that have done it.
1: No, I, I think the list is, uh, I think the registered list is probably only about, I think I was number 14, I believe on that list. So, um, there's a few more added since me, but
2: cool. All right. So the big thing in the spring Turkey woods, is you get ate up by ticks, you found out the best repellent for them or do you just suffer through them?
1: Man, I I just suffer through them. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm not really that keen on spraying stuff all over me. You know, just my personal preference. Maybe I'm the only idiot out here that doesn't do it, but, uh, I kind of feel like any of that stuff that i you know i know it works i got buddies that use it the permethrin and all that stuff and uh you know they they said man you're crazy for not doing it but me personally i I know you sweat and it you know your pants are sticking to your legs and that has to go into your skin and stuff so for me i don't use it just for that fact i just try to check every night you know when i get finished take a shower if i can and just fight them i mean i've been fighting them for a long time so yeah uh, maybe i'm immune to them now i don't know i've had so many ticks on me it's <laughs> i might i don't know it's uh if i if i haven't had some kind of tick-borne illness i mean it's a it's a thousand wonders because i've pulled thousands of
2: ticks off me but. yeah you guys got them terrible down there you can keep them what about snakes I'm sure you run into a couple um uh, yeah
1: i've seen uh i've never seen any rattlesnakes um uh, you know seen a few copperheads
2: here and there but
1: for the most part i've been pretty fortunate on that i've never been snake bit i've always thought about it but uh, ever had any turkey crawl across
2: go- your legs in the middle of the night or in the dark no no
1: no i've never done that it's uh it's a wonder i mean you hear a turkey gobble and you jump in some places that you're like there's no way you would ever get into like jump behind a <laughs> Log or something, and you don't even think about a snake then. But you know, if you're just walking through the woods, it's scary to death to get over there. But
0: <laughs> okay, what's
2: like the biggest thing you've learned, like from all these turkeys and all the places? Like, what would be the biggest tip, or what's the best thing you've learned from doing all of this?
1: Um, as far as like finding birds, I'll tell you what, um, uh, I learned this pretty early uh actually I was in south dakota um i would pull over and just take off in an area that looked good to me or if i'd find something on a map and i'd just go walking and try it you know and i found pretty quick i you know i was striking out doing that i, I would take off walking and never hearing birds not finding sign you know i might be gone for two or three hours from the truck and i'm like well there's nothing here i'm gonna get out of here go try another spot well, you've just wasted three or four or however many hours you've been walking around and all that energy and you know stuff now i'm not saying this is the only way to do it or the best way this just what's to work for me i started driving around and it didn't matter if it was private land that i couldn't hunt or not i would just drive around till i found turkeys somewhere and then once i found turkeys i would market and i would look for the closest public land or land that i could hunt from that area and um man once i started doing that it cut my time it, just my success went way up uh you know it's you got to be in the area where they're at and um you you can waste you know i know boots on the ground is important but you can waste a lot of time too if you're in the wrong spots so um, if i'm struggling or something man i'll just get out and ride around and start driving down roads and if i can find birds somewhere then you know, most of the time when I start out, I usually try to start on a high point, of course, where I can hear as far as I can and and see if I can hear anything. If I don't, then that's this is kind of what a back my backup plan is. I start driving glass and, you know, try to talk to people. If I see somebody standing out in the road or something, you know, just try to get any kind of information I can from anybody or
2: anywhere. So. All right. So let's roll into your. Uh... I guess your gear a little bit. A lot of you guys, turkey guys, are really big into having your whole turkey shotgun set up and everything. Do you got something special? A little single shot, red dot, and all that type of deal?
1: Well, um, I actually, uh, okay. I actually just got a new gun this year to use, and it's a 20 gauge. Um, I had always used a 12 gauge before. Um, I started out with a Remington 870. Went to a Mossberg 835. Uh, the 870, I mean, that was it was just a base gun, you know, and it was a heck of a turkey gun. I mean, honestly, could have kept it and just, done just fine, but I thought it had to be camo and everything else, you know. When I was younger, I, as, I was like, man, I, I got to get a camo gun, or I'm not turkey hunting. But, uh, but I ended up, I, I went to the 835, and then, man, those things pack a punch. I mean, I shot 3 and a half, every shot you know and i thought man i thought to get me a a semi-automatic you know maybe take some of the recoil out and a a friend of mine bought a nova benelli nova and the pattern of that thing was unbelievable and uh, so that's kind of led me towards the benelli's and i started i bought i saved my money and i bought me a super black eagle uh, too and that was i have packed that gun for i was trying to remember what year i bought that. and uh i i, I can't remember I, I i was gonna look up on the serial number see when it, if i could find out that way but anyway i packed that gun for the longest time always shot iron sights and uh, probably about halfway through the career of that super black eagle too a friend of mine an older guy he had a, a scope on his gun and we were hunting together one one day and he showed it to me, and he said, man, I love this thing. He's like, y'all check them out. And I think I missed a turkey on that trip or something. And, you know, it's easy to look up and look for them flopping before you pull the trigger, you know. And uh, so I thought, you know, I might try that. I, so I went and bought a scope. It was the Nikon Turkey Pro and uh, put it on there. And, man, ever since I've, I've used it ever since, I fell in love with it. So I've got a scope on my gun, but uh, I carry that Super Black Eagle 2 with me, and hunt used it in every state uh, through this U.S. Super Slam. Well, whenever I finished up last year, I thought, man, I hate to something happen to this gun. It's kind of got a lot of value to me now, sentimental value, and uh, I thought I'm going to put it up. You know, the TSS is out. You know, you can shoot that stuff and get amazing patterning and uh, so i looked in a buddy of mine had a 20 gauge and he showed it to me and it, the, it was daylight and dark difference in packing those things so uh so i ended up buying a 20 gauge uh, this year cut the barrel down went through all that put it uh, i actually i'd bought another scope just like the one that i'd had originally because i didn't want to take anything off that original gun i wanted to leave it how it was and uh so I bought another scope and got it all set up and man, I absolutely love it. I've had an awesome season with it, um, killed it, you know, shot them dead every, every time. I mean, just is like you shot them with a 12 gauge. I mean, couldn't tell any difference. And, uh, you know, the recoil is less, they're not as loud. I mean, that's, there's all kinds of benefits to it. I mean, you know, you're not going to damage your hearing as much using a 20 gauge. Um, I don't know, it's, just the hell light it is, is probably my favorite part of it. Uh, it feels like you're not even packing a gun anymore. So, yeah.
0: yeah,
2: I'm getting a, I'm getting a 20 gauge this year for, uh, for upland hunting, just for that reason for packing it around so much. Nicer. Yeah. I was always using, well, I was using a 20 gauge that my dad had that he bought for my mom way back in the day. And I'd used it. I already told this on here, but I used it, uh, one or two seasons, I told him how awesome it was. As with these new rounds, I was like shooting a twelve gauge, knocking pheasants down, all nice and easy to carry. That gun had been the safe for twenty years before I took it out and took it hunting. And all of a sudden, after I told him how great it was, he wanted it back, and now he, now he <laughs> uses it nonstop. So I got to go buy myself one. But. What uh? uh did yeah. you get a Benelli then for your twenty?
1: Well, I wanted. Uh, I was looking at the M two, the Benelli M two, and uh, that's pretty similar to what I had but it wasn't really designed for a scope as uh, you know you could put a red dot on them because it's low profile but uh, it's got an all-aluminum receiver and it's, it's not really built for the impact of the you know the weight of the scope on top of it uh so i ended up going with the franke uh, affinity three and um, I, I mean it's pretty similar anyway but it is a uh, it, it's been an excellent gun I, I, Its pattern's great. Um, I have zero complaints about it. I mean, it was... uh, I actually bought the compact model. This is the only thing I want to change on it. Um, And I thought that would be nice. And it would be if you had a red dot or something. I'm a smaller guy anyway. But I wanted something... That's why I was going to a 20 anyway. I wanted it to be smaller, easier to pack and stuff. But with that scope, it gets it just a little bit too close to my... The eye relief. not there. So I want to, I want to order a new stock for it, just the full size stock, and change that out. So that's probably the only uh, change that I'll have this year, or, or with that gun. And I told a buddy just like last week, I, I could see myself carrying this gun till I, the day I die. I mean, I don't see switching back from this. I, I don't think I'll ever shoot a 12 gauge
2: again, turkey hunting. Hmm. So, this one have a camo stock, or are you uh, back to wood? No, it's camo. Oh. It's a, I
1: always wanted a bottom line to camo, you know, and uh, it just, you know, I had some work done to it. I had some engraving on the side of it, you know, a Turkey Hunt USA on the side of the receiver, and had some turkey tracks put on the stock, and kind of personalized it a little bit, uh, but, uh,
2: yeah, so, uh, it's, it's, it's. it's what are you using for like uh, choking shells then?
1: Um, okay, I, I I actually started with um, I sent it down to uh, Iron Horse Gunworks in Tennessee, and Preston took care of all that for me. He he cut the barrel down for me. He did all the engraving. Um, he did some trigger work uh the scope that i had it was black he he camoed it man it turned out awesome um he actually recommended he had choke tubes and everything there's there's a sun toy choke tube is what it is okay. and he take he took care of all that he had that uh for the, you know i sent him the gun and he took care of everything sent it back to me and it was it was done one-stop shop you know and um uh, I, I i've patterned it and it does excellent it's a uh, and you know he's really good about if you want to send one back you know if you didn't like that restriction he said send it back to me i can get it changed out if it's too tight or not tight enough or whatever so he's really good about working with me on that um but it i mean he's he he did an excellent job i can't say enough
2: about that but um now you want me to buy a new gun? I will tell you what, <laughs> I don't regret it. <laughs> um, what what kind of calls did you use throughout this whole deal? Are you mouth call guy, are you uh, pot calls, or what are you using?
1: Oh, uh, let me. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't answer all of it, uh, about the shells. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, I, I sorry you about you that. Okay, You're got, good. I started getting excited talking about <laughs> buying that new gun, so. <laughs> Um, I I was shooting nitro ammunition shells, um, TSS from them and they were a uh, number nine shot. And uh, Matt actually the the guy that's with me at the uh, doing the calls and all that, Turkey Hunt USA, Matt Myers, um he actually reloaded his shit. He always has reloaded shells, his own. And he said, Well, let me load you up some and try them out this spring. And man, I shot them and them things are unbelievable. Um I mean, I had a bunch of nitros, but I ended up shooting his. I got one left, <laughs> so he's going to have to make me another batch. But for hopefully, next year, he wrote but... down how he did it. Oh yeah, yeah, he's made several. Sh- uh, he's got quite a few. So, uh, I gave a few to my buddies and stuff, and they tried them, and they're they're wanting more too. So, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be busy this this summer.
2: So that's. But, that's a lot bigger thing down in your guys' area. Is there quite a few people that are hand-loading those that you choose from, or are you just, you just stuck with that guy from then, or what? Uh, you know, I,
1: I don't really know. I don't have any friends or anything that are hand-loading. Uh, now I've got some buddies that shoot skeet and stuff, but that's they hand-load for that, but that's it. But as far as turkey shells, I mean, most of them just go buy a box of shells and go hunting, you know. So, that's what I do. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's, you
2: know, depending on how much you're going to hunt, you know, you can buy a box and it'll last you for a while. So, Not the way that I shoot. I got a box of 10. I think <laughs> I got two left. I've only shot one bird. Oh, no. Well, you need a new gun then. No. Oh, <laughs> I'll play that back for my wife.
1: Yeah, I'll vouch for you.
2: <laughs> so, I guess now to it. What kind of uh, calling are you doing? What do you use? I guess what's your favorite? And then I guess give okay. us some situations when you might change it up and try something new.
1: Now I've used a little bit of everything, uh, friction calls, mouth calls. Um, and I'm, I'm still partial to a box call. That's kind of what I started with. I bought an old lynch call, a uh, box call. And, uh, when I started, it was easy to use. I killed my first bird with, it. it's kind of like going fishing. You catch a big fish on a bait, you know, it, it's kind of stays your favorite bait forever. So um, so I guess that's probably why I, I, I like a box call, uh, prefer that. But, you know, I've got, in my vest, I've got slate calls, I've got mouth calls. Uh, you know, we're making the mouth calls now. And um, it's, it's nice to have them when you need them because you're sitting there and if you can't move, I always have a mouth call in my mouth and you might need just a little bit more Soft stuff to get them to come just a little bit more or uh, whatever. So um, I don't know. I, I don't really just take one thing with me. I t- I take a little bit of an arsenal of calls with me. So
2: okay, it's a little bit of everything. Good. That's yeah. Yeah. Mostly because yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to run a mouth call, so I just have the pot call is what I. <clears throat> pretty much amusing and i try to sound like a dying cat every now and again on the mouth call so i can scare everything away
1: <laughs> well you just I, I just throw mine in my truck with me and uh when i'm driving down the road by myself of course uh, my wife would kill me but <laughs> i just i just call and practice while i'm driving around and you know eventually you just you start developing uh you know you get better and better at it it's it's not something you just pick up and, be a world champion caller
2: you know so well same like with a goose call that's exactly what i did i just had it in my yeah. pickup and back then i had like a 45 minute commute one way so got a lot of practice yeah so i need to do that it's just remembering them between going from my pickup to my work truck i don't just want to leave it in the work trucks and i'll forget it and it'll sit on the dash and get all baked and i'll have room to call but <laughs> yeah true. so i guess i got another question kind of on your uh traveling all over you have to choose one state that you can only hunt turkeys on for the rest of your life and it can't be kentucky after being all the states which one would you choose
1: you man um i don't know if i could do that um i don't know it's i i think that's probably why i like enjoyed the uh traveling part of it and going to all the states you i mean you kind of get if i just had to hunt the same place every day i would get burned out on it you know i still enjoy the turkey hunting but man a lot of the fun was just going and see a new area and you know totally different hunting it changes the style you that you hunt and uh, so i i don't know if i i i, I can't answer that question I was uh, sure hoping you were going to I'm say sorry. Rhode Island for I, that
2: exact reason. You don't have much space there to go out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't answer that question.
2: Sorry to let you down. <laughs> we'll just say it would have been Kentucky.
1: Yeah, it's always good to hunt at home. I, I You know, I travel around, and it's it's like going on a vacation somewhere. You know, it always feels good to get back home. And uh, Now, even here at home, I, I still try to find new places to hunt. I don't just go hunt the same tree every year you know on opening day Uh, i do mix it up i i've got where i work at i've I've got several properties that i can hunt hunt in that area and i actually just like to go to a different brand new place and like start all over again and you know it's always the element of surprise that or you know doesn't have to be open more but that first right at daylight how many birds am i going to hear gobbling? is it going to be one or are you' gonna hear fifteen? You know, you never know until you get out there and sit there and listen. So I think that kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat right off the bat. and you know the the anticipation of it, that's what really gets me excited about turkey hunting and so you never know what's gonna happen. and it's like that all day long. It's uh, you know it could be at lunchtime and you can be sitting there and all of a sudden, one just starts hammering down and uh, out of the blue when you're when you're at the lowest low, when you think it's over, there's nothing here and then all of a sudden one hammers down a hundred yards away
2: and i mean you go the highest high like
1: instant so (laughs) i I guess that's what i enjoy probably the most about that
2: so if someone was uh wanting to try to go after the 49 states how would you say they start like if you could do it again Uh, what would be the uh, best way to start it out
1: number one, you have to find a good woman if you're going <laughs> to get married or date. <laughs> because I, 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 t- I told my wife as soon as we got married, I told her what the deal was about me hunting and stuff. So, she can't ever say that she didn't know. But uh, so you gave her the warning. That would, yeah, I gave her the warning. Um, <laughs> but we've, we've had some testing times a few times. But, anyway, um, I would say, uh, you know, there's a lot of common sense stuff. You know, a lot of times I would take three-day, you know, most people are off on Saturday and Sunday. That's what my schedule is sometimes. And uh, I would usually take my vacation time and take off like on a Friday or take off that next Monday and put a three-day weekend together or uh, hit a state and – If I could, I would always have a backup plan. If I if I was able to go there and shoot one the first day, I was always looking for the next state that I could get to that's you know closest to there. Uh, Just all about time management. I mean, you have to plan everything out. It's it's that's a pretty tough job just planning everything and figuring out you know where to go and keeping up with all the rules and regulations and buying your tags. I mean, there's so much to it. Uh, I actually. Um, took envelopes and throughout the year, this this worked really well for me. I would take envelopes and I'd write. I would figure out which states I tentatively wanted to hunt next year. And this is like as soon as turkey season, like this time of the year right now, turkey season just is over. So I'm already starting to plan for next year where I want to go. So I make a list of all the states that I think I can hit or want to hit. I make envelopes. I figure out how much money it's going to cost me for license tags, uh, travel expenses, whatever. And I would write on there on the front of it and I would every paycheck or whatever I'd take money and start stuffing it in that envelope. And once I got that envelope uh, that state paid for, I'd put a big check mark on it, throw it in the gun safe, and I'd move to the next state and I'd start putting money in that one. Then when turkey season got here, you already had all your money saved up. You had the that's that's a hard part. I mean, it's pretty expensive doing this stuff. So, uh, so you got to start early, and I did that, and it worked really well for me. Um, one other thing that I I would do, that was my money envelope, and then I would have a bigger sized envelope, and I would write down notes, any uh, like maps that I had that I you know received, and, you know I I would mark stuff on those. I would put all that paperwork down in that in that bigger envelope and I'd have the state on there. I would write um what date that state opened what when it closed I would put the bag limits on there um through the most part most states are pretty similar with the regulations now some of them have some funny stuff going on uh like California when you go there um uh, don't quote me on this for next year double check it for yourself but it was uh the shooting hours ended at five o'clock in the afternoon and that's totally different than any other state most of them are 30 minutes before sunrise to sunset or whatever so you got to watch out for stuff like that and i would write any special notes or anything like that on that envelope that way if i get there First thing I would do when I arrived in that state, I'd get that envelope out and kind of refresh myself on everything that I'd wrote on there, all those notes. And I would also call each state, and they don't like doing this anymore. They're trying to get away from it, which I hate. But I would ask them to mail me a paper book copy of their regulations for the turkey season. And I would take that book and stick it in that envelope. And cause a lot of times you get out, you wouldn't have cell phone service, you know, you never know where you're going to be at.
2: Mm-hmm. And I would even go
1: through there and highlight some, you know, some stuff if it was different. And,
2: uh, well, so that was to, very uh, helpful. Yeah. You'd hate to uh, get out there in some little nuance law, like that five o'clock thing and ruin your whole trip. And part of it, oh, I'm telling you, cause some of them, yeah, I mean, some of them places, even the littlest things they're very, very strict on, like the punishments for them are ridiculous. So
1: absolutely i mean everybody tries to do most people try to do right but i'm telling you it, it could be very easy to mess up and uh you know especially trying to do multiple states like that going from one to the other you're mm-hmm. lacking sleep most of the time you're by yourself driving you don't really you know <laughs> it's it, you got to be careful so
2: um were you mostly just uh camping out of your car then is that what you said, or did I you did, fly for I many, did. or is it just Hawaii that you flew for?
1: Um, actually, from 2016 till 2020, I never flew to uh, Hawaii. Was my first flight, and um, so I drove to, And I, I found it really easy to be, you know, driving. Now, of course, like the westerns, Hawaii, you had to, but the western states. I mean, I, I didn't have enough. Make vac- if I didn't have to work, yeah, I'd drive to every one of them, but because you just have all your stuff with you um you know i had a nice little setup in the back of my truck it was a uh, I had a camper top on the back of it you could take whatever you wanted you know coolers and uh, sleeping bags all your comforts from home you could bring with you fans you know whatever you wanted you get on an airplane man you're kind of limited and those back of those rental cars they suck when you're trying to sleep in them with no pads or you know just a sleeping bag and it's uh, in a jacket wadded up for a pillow. You know, that's kind of a <laughs> it's not really my idea of luxury or what I want to do. Now, I actually bought a van this year at the start of this season,
2: like a sprinter van or a minivan.
1: It is a Ford E250, uh, so it was smarter. a handicap van, yeah. And uh they took all the seats out of it except for the back one and it actually had still had the handicapped handicapped ramp and the doors and everything. I had to take all that out and stripped it out. And uh the back seat actually folded down into a bed. Man, it was awesome. I mean, you could get up, walk back there and make you a sandwich. I mean it was so you laid mean, a camper in. I mean, out of it and
2: everything, huh?
1: Yeah, it's a mini camper, man. It's the only way to go. It's it it's really nice. So you just pull up and sleep wherever you're going to hunt and just open the door and take off hunting. You know, it was great. Didn't have to, now in my truck, it was just a regular camper top. So like if I was at Walmart camp there in their parking lot, you'd, you'd look awful funny crawling out of the back of a pickup <laughs> truck window. You know, <laughs> I did that several times and, you know, I always felt weird. Like I didn't mind to crawl out of it, but crawling in, you know, people watching, you know, like, I just didn't want people to Not know sleep there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, it, it was a big upgrade to go to the van. So,
2: so driving across the, uh, Western States, you kind of found out how, uh, big those were. Is that pretty, it yeah. it's it pretty old when you're driving through the same state for a full day. I know that. Yeah. It's,
1: fans. uh, you know, I enjoyed, I love driving out there. You know, the interstates are straight, most of them and, uh, you know, 70 80 mile an hour speed limits and not much traffic not many there's not that many big cities you go through Uh, i don't mind at all to drive out west and for me it's it's something new and i enjoyed the scenery out there Uh, all the antelope and mule deer and stuff standing on the side of the roads and stuff it's pretty cool experience um but yeah you're right i mean when I got out there, it, you couldn't just bounce from state to state, you know, in a day or two. I mean, when I was in the New England states, you know, I got some of those and I got to a couple states in one day, you know, a couple times up there, but you get out in Montana or, you know, <laughs> Colorado or something. I mean, you're, you're in for the long haul when you plan to go to another state out there a lot of times.
2: Yeah. If you're going to bounce states, you'd want to hit like the corners, like if you do North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, right there in that corner, but then you got a long way to go to the next one. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what else we got? I guess we're kind of getting close to the end here. Um, what is your next big adventure now that you got 49 states, you're going to do it again or what's the plan? Um, I'm. yeah,
1: I guess, you know, I enjoy it. I, I don't really have to get another 49, uh, but it does kind of give you a direction to go. Um, uh, this year was my first year after I completed it and man, it was totally different. Um, it's, it, it, I kind of, I just didn't have a direction to go. I was like, well, you know, I enjoyed this state. Maybe I ought to go over there. Or, you know, I did like to hunt this one. Maybe I'll go out there. And I was like, so back and forth on trying to decide where I wanted to go to. And, um, so I kind of missed that part of it i had a map and i could look and i could say all right i need this one this one and this one so i'm gonna group those three and it wasn't like that anymore um so it's i'm kind of an indecisive guy anyway you can ask my wife about that but it's uh so it, it was extra hard for me to figure out where i want to hunt this year but uh, i kind of hit I, I went back out west I, I really enjoy going out there i've actually been out there the last couple years in a row And I'm almost thinking about going back next year. Uh, I just, you know, you get out there and you find mule deer sheds and elk sheds. And just that country is so different than what I have here. You know, it's a beautiful place. So, uh,
0: Have you
2: uh, thought about running down to Mexico at all? Getting into any of those birds?
1: I I have. I'd love to go. But, man, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of leery about going across the border. Uh, I've heard some horror stories about it you know uh, I know some guys I got some good friends that have gone and you know everything was perfectly fine no problems at all but for me I just don't know if I would relax enough to enjoy it you know I'd be worried about driving back to the airport or you know something like that so uh, I've had some guys you know I had one friend of mine he went down there and he was actually helping guide down there and he had some guys stop him and gunpoint i mean and he told me once he got out of there he said i'm never going to mexico again so that kind of and he he warned me he said man he said i know everything's probably good but he said from what i had happened to me he said i would never go back so i mean i'm sure all they want your money and stuff if it did stop you but who knows you know you hear stories about people coming up missing and everything else so it's just not worth it to me to do it um I'll probably uh, now. I would like to go to Canada and hunt. Uh, they have a Canadian Slam, and uh, we actually had a guy on our podcast a couple weeks ago, uh, Steve Tardif. He's from up there, and he's invited me to come up, and uh, you know, so that that would be a cool adventure to go on. So uh, I'll probably do that once someday, and uh, probably just keep hammering on these states, man. Just enjoying it. I just keep going around and keep on hunting and. I think I'm about 23 states where I've got two or more, so uh, I'm slam. not far. Yeah, so I might just uh, use that as a guide for from now on and, you know, see what I need to get another, you know, these states I need a second or third bird in and just yeah. keep going that route and just enjoying it, so.
2: Well, before I run out of time on my SD card here, do you want to plug your podcast and give out your socials and stuff like that if people want to check it out yeah um
1: so what we've got we have a, a turkey pretty much turkey hunting only podcast it's called turkey hunting usa uh my uh my matt myers he's the co-host with me on that and um we actually just started it this year but had some really good shows on there i believe we got a lot of good feedback and uh you know if if you're into turkey hunting definitely check it out i think you would enjoy it and uh you know we have some giveaways and stuff like that also have a uh, the turkey hunting usa uh website get some apparel on there we've got the got our calls on there now uh, and we're on all the social media uh facebook and instagram and twitter or uh TikTok and all of them so you check us out on any of that stuff and uh you know we like i said we have different things on there uh, something we kind of cool we do is a hunter spotlight where people are sending in pictures and stuff and uh it's right on the home page there and we update that every week and you know send out decals and stuff like that if you're, if you're selected and give you a discount code for the website and stuff for the calls and stuff like that so uh Something cool, you
2: know, we've had a lot of fun with that. So cool. Well, again, I'm about to run out of time on my card here, so I'm gonna have to stop the recording. Okay. But, um, thanks for uh coming on, giving us the info. I really enjoyed it. I learned quite a bit. That was really interesting. I didn't know that forty nine states is a real thing, so that's crazy cool. Um do you yeah, have any
1: I appreciate you having me? Yeah.
2: Do you have any uh, words of advice or parting words or anything you wanna bestow upon the people? Um, uh, I say just go have fun, man. Go enjoy it
1: while you can. And uh you know, I feel like I've I wish I'd have started earlier, I guess. That's the only regret I have of doing this. Um, uh, you know, once I start traveling I absolutely loved it and that's the only regret I have is I didn't go earlier, but I'm making up for it now and gonna hit as hard as I can for as long as I can. So if uh don't don't ponder on it. Take off and go do what you want. And enjoy life while you can. Short enough. So, well, that's my that's my words of
2: wisdom. Thanks. Now I'm gonna go quit my job in the morning.
1: <laughs> I, I'd quit mine if I could. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: all right. Well, so. thanks again. You have a good night. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you.